0: Let us put our minds together and let us ask creator,
1: the one who has made all, to bless this meeting. That's the sound of an Indigenous elder reciting prayers to open the National Emergency Summit on Anti-Semitism. The much-touted day-long session took place on Wednesday, virtually. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was there, members of his cabinet, Jewish Liberal Party MPs. There was a Canadian mayor from the heavily Jewish city of Vaughan, just north of Toronto, Ottawa's police chief spoke, and the main Jewish community organizations and human rights groups were there, like Sija and B'nai B'rith and Vancouver's Holocaust Education Centre, Friends of Simon Wiesenthal, Quebec's Sephardic community, the Ethiopian Jewish community, the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, and even a Jewish PhD student from the U of T who talked about what it's been like for him on campus to be the target of so much anti-Semitism. And, of course, the head of the whole thing was Professor Erwin Kotler, who organized it and gave the keynote speech at the opening.
2: Anti-Semitism is toxic to democracies. The canary in the mineshaft of evil, as Karina mentioned. And as we've learned only too painfully and too well, that while it begins with Jews, it doesn't end with Jews. Third is the globalization phenomenon. What happens in Paris, in London, UK, in the U.S., the threatening and targeting of Jews reverberates and is replicated back in Montreal, Toronto, and the rest of Canada.
1: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The national summit lasted about seven hours, and there were probably about 150 to 180 people attending. Sources say, as far as the politicians on the list, only liberals could attend and speak, but eventually the government sent invitations the night before to the Green Party leader, Anime Paul. She's Jewish, but she wasn't allowed to speak, and neither were representatives from the official opposition. So the conservatives and NDP sent their diversity critics, and the leaders issued statements on social media instead. Erwin Kotler says he tried to push for broader representation, but the government was calling the shots. Coming up, we'll hear from a couple of the key Jewish players and from Erwin Kotler himself. They'll give their take on what worked, what didn't, and what needs to be done next. But first, here are some of the most interesting parts from the summit for you to hear. (music) The summit heard that Canadian Jews are feeling scared still after the spike in anti-Semitism that erupted in May because of the fighting between Israel and Hamas. Even Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he's been hearing it.
0: We're here to continue to fight and reject anti-Semitism in all of its forms. The rise in hate-motivated crimes against the Jewish community in the past few months is not only alarming, it's completely unacceptable. As Jewish Canadians, too many of you have told me you're feeling isolated and vulnerable. You've shared that this spike in violence and this harassment has left people in fear to publicly and proudly live Jewish lives. Every Canadian deserves to be and feel safe. And I want to reassure you that our government will always stand with you against this hate.
1: Trudeau then announced that the government is ready to give over six million dollars out to community groups of all faiths, including to some Jewish schools and synagogues and cultural centers to boost security against hate crimes. The money will help them install stronger doors and security cameras and put up fences and also to better train their security staff. There was some talk that there should be even more security guards available and some trained community volunteers should be posted at Jewish institutions with government funding. Ottawa's police chief Peter Slowly told the summit one thing that needs to change right now is that police forces across Canada don't have a single standard definition of what antisemitism is so they don't know how to arrest and charge people who commit hate crimes all the same way. Ida Yudin of CJIS Quebec office told the summit that the entire justice system needs to take training in identifying antisemitism and other forms of racism and that the community would be happy to provide this. And there was a lot of time spent talking about education, and specifically how even kids in elementary schools now are being targeted by anti Semitism. Vancouver's Holocaust Education Center has developed a module that it's going to roll out to grades five and six to tackle the rise of hate in online social media and teach them media literacy about how to detect tropes of anti Semitism and also what fake news is. <laughs> So what did Canada's Jewish leaders think about the summit? For CJES CEO, Shimon Koffler-Fogel, who helped organize it, he says the fact the summit happened at all is hugely important and he gives it an A-plus just for that reason, although it wasn't perfect and he wishes there had been more diverse groups allowed to attend. His key item was to get the government to commit to roll out a national social media public relations campaign sort of like the government did when they legalized marijuana. But this one would teach people what online hate is and how to stop it. Some people with whom I've had discussions over the last number of weeks saw the summit as um, the um, culmination of um, an advocacy campaign to get the government to do something. From the get-go, though, Ellen, um, I saw this as only
0: the launch or the starting point. Uh, We have an awful lot of work to do
1: over the coming, not just weeks and months, but in some cases years, uh, in order to get where we have to be uh, to make Canada the best uh, that it could possibly be. Benet Briss' Michael Mostyn says it was super important to have the summit, but now he wants it to be followed up with more meetings in the fall, specifically about fighting anti-Semitism on university campuses.
0: We pushed forward recommendations for going forward, and now it's a matter of our community working together with, um, you know, governments all levels of governments, really, to push forward. Something that was heard a lot was about the IRA definition of anti-Semitism, about how it needs to be implemented. Um, And I can tell you something that, from a B'nai B'rith perspective, we would really like to see too, is federal leadership in telling our universities across the country, of course, um, education is, is a provincial mandate, but telling our universities, you should be implementing IRA because Jews are not feeling safe on campus, and there has to be a proper uh, definition of anti-Semitism. It is the only one it was worked on for uh, fifteen years, uh, you know, democratically nominated definition of anti-Semitism. That's, that's the one. Uh, there's nothing else there that's, that's being recognized by the Jewish community and other experts. And um, I can tell you personally, that's something that I'd like to see because um, we heard stories at the summit about students that are facing anti-Semitism on campus. They're the future. We need to change, um, you know, the youth, their views first. And, and move outwards up to the older generation.
1: As for Professor Erwin Kotler himself, he says he's feeling hopeful. He actually had a checklist of things he wanted the government to commit to as part of a national action plan on antisemitism. And Kotler says he's ticked off most of them.
2: The most important thing is the commitment by the government, the respective ministers to act. And uh, I'm very much encouraged by this. I'm looking forward to the implementation of a national action plan to combat anti-Semitism. There were specific undertakings uh, that were taken with respect to, for example, combating uh, the rise in anti-Semitic hate crimes where we already approached in May of 2021, the level of hate crimes reached in all of 2020, which was the highest ever year. But there was the undertaking here to implement uh, the four Ps to combat hate crime. When I say the four Ps, I mean, Uh, prevention, protection, prosecution, and partnership between federal, provincial, and municipal representatives. With respect to the incendiary hate speech on the social media, where we've had, for example, a 912% increase in one year in hate speech on TikTok, which has 1.2 billion users, most of them between the ages of 16 and 25. That is, incendiary hate speech incentivizes hate crimes offline. So a commitment here uh, to uh, enact legislation, policy, regulations to hold the social media companies accountable. And again, a whole of government approach here. You had the Minister of Justice, you had the Minister of Canadian Heritage, you had the Minister of uh, Public uh, Security and the like. And then some very important commitments with regard to uh, the mandated Holocaust education and education and anti-Semitism from the elementary uh, school up. So it's these specific commitments and undertakings uh, that encourage me so that we can now monitor the implementation of these undertakings down the line.
1: One more thing he says he got a commitment for, and that's for Canada's foreign minister to try to tackle the problem of how the United Nations singles out Israel all the time as the worst human rights offender in the whole world. The CJN Daily hasn't been able to confirm all these commitments that Kotler says were made by the various government ministers, but we will have more on this for you in the coming days. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, integrity, community, quality, and customer care. And today's listener shout out goes to Irv Osterer in Ottawa, who's following the Israel men's basketball team now as it heads to Japan to compete in the Tokyo Olympics. And we'll end the episode with another clip from the Anti Semitism Summit. It's from Karina Gould, the International Development Minister, who is the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors
3: we know that Jewish Canadians are feeling stressed and scared right now. We hear it from our friends and family. We feel it ourselves. And as I was reflecting on uh, what I wanted to say today, I was thinking about a conversation, one of the last conversations I had with my grandmother before she passed away. And she told me that before uh, her and my grandfather decided to immigrate to Canada, They had decided that they no longer wanted to be Jewish because they were Holocaust survivors and they had lost everything. They had lost family, they had lost their homes, they had lost so much and in Europe they didn't feel comfortable, they didn't feel safe being Jewish but actually what happened when they arrived in Canada is they felt welcomed and they felt that they had the ability to live their lives as Jews Proudly and publicly and so until she was 96 years old she had kept this secret and yet this is why we're here today, because we don't want anyone to ever feel like they can't live their life proudly and publicly as a Jew in Canada.